This is a parental guidance moment. What is up? Welcome back to the Sunday service at home of the Hustle Gospel, bruh. My week has been good. Hope you guys have been traveling well. A pretty uneventful week for myself, if I must say. Um, you know, that's that COVID life, baby. We in lockdown, son. We locked up. Um, you know, it's probably been pretty uneventful for most people who live in New South Wales. Unless, of course, you're that Lebanese dude who put Domino's stickers on his car so he could still drive around. And uh, as much as I hate that, fair play to him. It was pretty funny. He's like, bro, now I can just do what I want to do. Um, you know, fucking dumb dog. But, uh, you know, takes one to know one. Guys, I'm feeling fucking fantastic. Oof. Got a fresh bit of morale juice here with me. As always, um, we were speaking about dumb dogs. Have you guys seen the milk crate challenge? Dude, the milk crate challenge is the fucking Hood Olympics, dude. It's the Hood Olympics. Um, if you haven't seen it, basically, they, they're making pyramid-like structures out of milk crates. And the aim of the game is to walk up one side till you get to the peak and then walk down the other side safely. And, spoiler alert, nobody can do it. Everyone eats shit. It's fucking hilarious. And um, it just got me thinking, man, how funny humans are as a species. We got humans that fly to Mars, bro. We got motherfuckers that are building self-driving cars and humanoid, humanoid robots. I can never say humanoid. Uh, humanoid robots. Uh and then we've got some people that are like, hey, man, what, what do you reckon going to happen if we stack up them milk crates? Reckon, y'all, we can make a game out of them milk crates? Oh, man. It's just, it's just funny, the two spectrums, you know? I know which spectrum I'm on, though, so it's all good. Um, like I said, the week, has been, the week has been relatively quiet. You know, the most exciting thing you can do in lockdown is go out to the grocery store. And I went to Aldi on the weekend, man, and I'm here to tell you, if walking is an Olympic sport, then I reckon the Aldi checkout should be as well. That employee versus fucking customer rivalry. Because if you, like, if you got money, dude, and you don't shop at Aldi, let me paint the picture. Aldi employees don't give a fuck. They just be scanning and hurling. They ain't got time they ain't got time to wait. And if you if you take too long, they sit there and they just judge you and they give you a whole lot of attitude. Um, so that shit gives me anxiety, you know what I mean? Like I'm when we get to the checkout, I'm fucking raring at the bit. I'm ready to go, dude. My mama raised me fucking well, son. I get every item as it comes. I'm just hurling it into my trolley. I don't give a fuck if I'm breaking jars, shit's going everywhere. You know, I'm trying to get in the head of the employee. I'm, like, talking trash to him. Like, come on, bitch, is that, as, is that all you got? Is that as fast as you can fucking go? Huh? You fucking pussy. Is that the best you got? If he fucks up, he doesn't scan it properly. I'm, 
has to go back and rescan it. I'm like, it's no wonder your girl cheats on you. Can't even hit that barcode. How you going to hit that pretty little fanglang <laughs> when the time's right? And I'm paying by card. Give me a fucking catalogue, son. Tell me what's on special next week, Brian. But, <laughs> but yeah, Aldi, Aldi is eventful, dude. There's always characters at Aldi, dude. There's always characters. The one that I go to is in uh, a suburb in Newcastle called Mayfield. And to, to summarise this, this suburb, guys, for those of you who aren't Novocastrians, to summarise this, they may as well just change the name of this suburb to Methfield because dead set, there's just tweakers fucking everywhere. Every time I go to the shops there, there's just a different ice head sitting outside the shop with a cardboard sign that says, like, I'm homeless and need money for food. And the thing is, meth heads are so polite when they're trying to raise money for their meth. Like, oh, top of the morning to you, sir. It's a beautiful day, isn't it? <laughs> you know, like, meth heads, are, meth heads are little hustlers, dude. Like, they never wake up in the morning and they're like, oh, man, I'm out of money, so no meth for me today. And they find a way, bro. And I'll tell you this. Straight up, motherfuckers. I ain't ever given a meth head money. Never given a meth head money. And here's why. Not because I'm on my high horse. Because I think I'm better than him. Alright? Not because I'm judgmental. The reason I never give a meth head money is because they're dishonest, dude. If their cardboard sign said, I want money for meth. Fucking straight up, I'd give him some money. You know what I mean? But they lie and they say that they want money for food. Meth heads don't eat, dude. You ain't got no fucking teeth, bruh. What are you going to do? Buy a fucking can of Heinz soup and fucking sit it out in the sun to warm up? Just be honest with me, bro. And I might give you some money. Matter of fact, one time if I walk past a fucking honest homeless fucking meth head with a cardboard sign that just said, I'm trying to get some money so I can do some meth. I want to forget about the fact that I pushed away a house, a promising a career, and everyone that ever loved me just so I could get high. I would look that guy right in the fucking eyes and I'd say, top of the morning to you, sir. It's a beautiful day, isn't it? Now, here's $10 and a clean pipe. Fucking Akuta Matata, baby. But they don't do that, do they? Fucking lions, scallywags. But anyway, dude, you see some fucking characters at Aldi fucking Methfield. I mean Mayfield. It's fucking wild, dude. I saw this guy. I'm fucking not even kidding with you, cunts. I saw this dude with a Southern Cross tattoo on one side of his neck and a South Sydney Rabbitohs logo tattooed on the other side of his neck. And trust me when I tell you this, that wasn't even the biggest mistake this dude has ever made. You ever just look at someone's kids... And it makes you want to get a fucking vasectomy. Just non-stop. They're like, dad, dad, dad. Hey, hey, dad, dad. Stuck behind this cunt in the aisle. And I'm just like, dude, I don't know these guys. And even I'm like, just shut the fuck up. His little fella's sitting in the trolley with like a toy dagger. And he's like, hey, dad, dad. Hey, dad, dad. Sword fights, dad. And dad's just like trying not to lose his fucking temper. He's like, just... Ah, uh, nah, mate, just gonna grab some capsicums so we can have a sword fight when we get home. 
His daughter's walking next to him. She's just desperate for fucking any attention. She's like, Dad, Dad. Hey, Dad, Dad, can I get a toothbrush, Dad? He's like, no, you've got one at home. So she just starts having a tantrum on the floor, you know. He's looking at this poor bloke. He's got defeat in his eyes. And he knows in his heart he's got like 16 more years of this shit. Do you know what I mean? And I just wanted to console him. Be like, it's okay, man. It's okay, dude. Just fucking hit the cunts. Just give him a little smack. No one's around. I ain't going to say shit, dude. Snitches get stitches. <laughs> Bro, that'd be fucking wild. But just got me thinking, man, like, this is some white kid shit, isn't it? Like, you never go out, like, this is just white kid shit. You know, it's only the white kids that are running around yelling and breaking shit. Like, you never, and I mean never, see Asian kids just wiling out. Do you know what I mean, dude? Like, name one time in history you've been at a restaurant and it's been the little Asian kids running around breaking shit. It just doesn't happen. They sit at the table, they're well-dressed, they're well-groomed, they're well-matted, they only speak when spoken to. White parents are the worst. They don't give a fuck. They treat the restaurant like a fucking babysitter. They're like, this is your problem now, dude. We're fueling these little cunts up on fucking red fire engine drinks. You fucking deal with their sugar high. Little cunts are screaming at the fucking table. It's fucking crazy. It's only white kids that do that. Like, minority kids are so well-behaved. White parents are just afraid to fucking check their kids, I think. You know what I mean? Like, if I misbehaved like that growing up, I'd fucking straight up get a smack, dude, and just get told to fucking settle down and behave. Maybe that's the problem these days. Maybe not enough kids are getting the old fucking settle down, cunt. You know? They're certainly not eating enough Devon sandwiches. <laughs> Bro, Devon and tomato sauce and white fucking bread, baby. That's the Lord's meal for children. And nobody's eating Devon. I don't even know what the fuck Devon is, dude. But bruh, fucking Devon, white bread and tomato sauce, that was the shit, dude. Remember that one weird kind at primary school that had multigrain before multigrain was even popular? It's like, oh, here's fucking healthy Harry and his multigrain. You know, bet you were conceived in missionary, pal. Remember how much you shunned the multigrain kid at primary school? Hey, dude, why don't you just go kick it with Douglas? You can't eat fucking peanuts, you pack of weird cunts. That used to drive me up the wall as a young fella, not being able to eat peanut butter on a teller just because Douglas is allergic. That's on him. Dougie boy, you got an EpiPen? Then we fucking Gucci, baby. Bring out the fucking crunchy peanut butter master fucking around. This guy is talking absolute dribble. As I told you guys... Last week, I've been trying to boost the morale with some of my friends with some lockdown skulls. And one of my mates sent me a video of him doing a saucepan skull. Obviously, it was a piece of art, but it was a throwback. Uh, these boys used to do these skulls all the time. It, um, it all started one year after DEFCON with the boys. Unfortunately, I wasn't there, but... Uh, I'm sure you can imagine the state that they were in after DEFCON and one of the lads goes, Oi, brah, grab us the closest thing that we've got to a beer bong. And in comes a fucking saucepan. Saucepan. In comes a saucepan. And the rest is kind of history. 
But it just that that whole concept just made me laugh. Like, what obscure things can we get? Can we drink beers out of tonight? And I tell you what, I got like a little carried away with my skulls. Do you know what I mean? Like, I woke up with a few fucking a few fucking mysteries to solve, bro. And uh, here's the thing: when you get blackout at eighteen, that's cool. When you're doing it twenty-one, it's it's funny. But when you're almost 30 and you're getting blackout whilst at home during a pandemic, at some point you got to look internally and be like, what's going on, bruh? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> what are you fucking thinking, dude? Like, I woke up the next day and I had on my Ugg boots, a pair of underwear, and a T-shirt. This is like, you mean to tell me I took off my pants, put Ugg boots on, and then jumped under the covers. <laughs> Dude, like, there was there was a lot of mysteries to solve, man. There was, like, there was a, a half-eaten kebab just over in the corner. There was a little poop in the co- in, in another corner. And I was just like, you know what, dude, I don't know what's going on here, but I feel like this is a, a fucking... I feel like this is a scenario for that ranger Horatio Kane from CSI Miami. He likes to solve all those mysteries, you know what I mean, dude? <laughs> I uh, I pretended I was Horatio, you know. I just kept walking around the house, still just in my Ugg boots, my fucking underwear and a T-shirt, but I just grabbed a pair of sunglasses and I just started bending over the evidence and I was like, hmm, half-eaten kebab, cold. Either the culprit didn't want all of the kebab or he couldn't handle all of the kebab. <laughs> In terms of one of the most ridiculous characters of all time, I feel like Horatio Kane really didn't need all the cheesy one-liners that he'd give us, you know? So the question becomes, Alex, was the mob sent to draw us to the crime scene? sent to destroy it <laughs> all three stories get up and run away you do you've got something to hide God, he... from the scene maybe he took off or maybe he got taken for a ride <laughs> he always puts the sunglasses on after saying his cheesy line fucking ringer ring off sir what else has been happening this week? Guys, OnlyFans has said that the nude pictures are staying. To quote the great Jordan Belfort, we ain't fucking leaving. Uh, and thank God for that. Not from my perspective, but from the girls that make money from these stupid blokes that pay to see naked pictures of them. Uh, OnlyFans, like, does this, this, OnlyFans never made sense to me because, you know, Pornhub's free. I get the concept. Trust me. I get it. Hot girl on Instagram. You wonder what she looks like without her clothes on. But let's be honest. You're not going to hook up with a girl from Instagram. You're not going to hook up with the chick in the porno. So why don't you just save your dollary dues and go on fucking Pornhub, rub one out and be fucking done with it. I got done with the old classic stitch up the other day. My mate sent me a video on WhatsApp and it's just the Channel 9 logo news. And he said, fuck, man, I can't believe that this is how far it's going with the next lockdown. 
And I hadn't seen the news that day, so I was like, oh, my God, here we go. So I click on the video. <laughs> and he got me with that classic stitch-up. When you get someone with that in public, that's fucking, that's the holy grail right there. You know, that causes high levels of embarrassment. Having to quickly shut down your phone so it doesn't actually look like you're watching something sinister. But it got me thinking, of all the pornos out there in the universe, the endless, endless universe of porno, that chick has the most famous moan out of any porn star. And next to no one knows who she is. Like, there isn't a more famous moan than that. I feel sorry for her. I feel like she should get royalties from each time, like, that audio is used in a video. And it got me thinking about this. Guys, if you ever, and I mean ever, stumble across that video, you have a moral obligation, not only to yourself, but to the whole world, to share that video with your entire contact list. I'm talking about your girl, your best mate, your co-worker. Fucking even send that shit to your nan, dude. <laughs> your nan's going to be like, why the fuck did you send me this? And you're like, nan, trust me, it's not for you, but Pop knows exactly what the fuck's up, okay? I know you guys share that phone. Just show Pop and he'll know what's up. I've got a little... uh Got a little segment that I'd like to share with you lads, so let's get into a bit of this. If that doesn't make you feel like a beer, then congratulations. You're not fucking Australian, mate. And what we have here. So we're going to do a little brew review, guys. And uh, each week I'm going to break down a different beer and just tell you how much morale it spreads. So the first cab off the ranks is a beer from Black Hops Brewery called the Goat Hazy IPA. And... Uh, what, how I'm going to do this is I'm just going to pour this into a glass and that way there's no discrepancies, nice cold glass, and we can get straight into it. So here it goes. So straight away you can see that it's got a nice kind of hazy body to it. It smells pretty incredible. Maybe like melon. I'm not a professional. I don't really know how they can tell all that. But definitely kind of tropical. All right, here it goes. And that's good. That's fucking actually really good. I'm happy that I purchased this. Uh, incredibly smooth, low on the bitterness. This is a 6% beer. 1.8 standard drinks in a 375ml can. That's not bad at all. Uh, it's just an all-black can. It's a pretty cool kind of design. Uh, it says that it's made from three mates on the Gold Coast. Tell you what, I wish I had three mates. It's red hot. Uh, brewed with mosaic, amarillo, and El Dorado hops. Well, I'll tell you this, guys. That's a fucking big-time morale booster. My morale's through the roof right now. I um, 
fuck, I might have to scar one of these for the boys later just to boost their morale. Uh, next time you guys are out and about in Dan Murphy's, keep an eye out. If you don't mind your IPAs, this is fucking delicious. Get around it. Boys, last week, last week, boys, we started something called Broke Lads. And uh, one day I'm going to win Broke Lads. I'm going to hire out a pub and we're going to have the biggest sesh that we can. However, this week is not the week. Um, I found my Broke Lads bet on the first leg of a multi. How demoralizing is it when that happens? It's like walking up to a girl in a club and just being like, hey. And before she even fucking says anything, she just turns around and looks you up and down. She's like, no. <laughs> oh, yeah, I failed on the first leg. Fuck, it hurt. Um, so I put a $7.50 bet that would have returned 250 k It was audacious, boys. I'm not going to lie. Um, it was the old 20-leg uh, multi that, that comprised of NRL try scorers, UFC head to head, AFL head to head, EPL head to head, and also included the boxing. So here's what I needed to do to win a quarter of a million dollars. I needed Twala anytime try scorer. That got down. Needed Jack White anytime try scorer. That didn't come through. Port Adelaide head to head. That came through. Alex Johnson, anytime try scorer, that came through. Sydney Swans, head to head, that didn't come through. <laughs> Xavier Coates, anytime try scorer, he got that. Brisbane Lions, head to head, they lost. Justin Olam to score a try, he didn't do that. Man City, they won. Chelsea, they lost. Mahmed Muradov, he lost. Kevin Lee lost. Ricky Tercios, he won. Ruben Garrick didn't score a try. Brian Battle won. Edson Barboza lost. Uh, Western Bulldogs won. Brian Toto scored. Uh, Tottenham won. And Tyron Woodley lost. So, fucking stitched up, boys. Anyway, let's get into a bit of this. Some good games of footy over the weekend. The Knights, 15, beat the Titans, 14. The Raiders, 28, beat the Warriors, 16. Rabbitohs, 54, beat the Roosters, 12. And probably the biggest talking point of that game is how badly Latrell Mitchell fucked up jo- Joey Manu's eyeball. Fucking broken orbital, I think I saw. So both of those dudes are missing the rest of the season, which sucks. Cowboys beat the Dragons, 38-26. Sharks beat my Broncos, fucking cunts, 24-16. Uh, Eels beat the Storm 22-10. Fucking what, son? Bro, my mate Johnny Mack is a diehard Eels fan, and not even he was expecting that. He's like, yeah, we're going to get bent over. So um, good to see. I don't, I don't think Eels are going to do anything this year, but that was, I don't know, kind of cool to see. Um, Manly 36 beat the Bulldogs 18. Panthers beat the Tigers 30-12. Um, moving into the UFC, Mahmed Muradov versus Gerald Mearshart. And Muradov was a big betting favorite coming into this fight on a 14-fight win streak. And, bruh, if your last name ends in Dov and you're from an area that ends in Stan, then you're an every broke lad bet for life. 
stay woke and stay broke. Um, Maradov looked fantastic opening up. Uh, he looked sharper, quicker, seemed to have like the better technique uh, throughout the opening round. Gerald Mearshart was eating some big shots, but towards the end of the round, he started to get Maradov's respect with a few big shots of his own. There was a low blow in the action, which kind of fucking halted things a little bit. But Mershart finished the round really well. I would have given the first round to Meridov. Um, Mearshart started the second round wildly. Uh, just came rushing out. There was a few big exchanges. It looked like Mearshart was just trying to make this a dogfight instead of a technical battle, which obviously ended up working for him in the end. You could sense that that would work for Mearshart. Um, both guys were just landing kind of big shots before Mearshart got the fight to the ground, quickly snuck in a little uh, little hook um, and then got the got the arm underneath Meridov's chin and got the submission via rear naked choke. Uh, I don't know if you've seen, uh, I think it was Anthony Pettis' bet on that, but he cashed in on Gerald Mearshart. So good to see the underdog getting a win there. Andre Petrosky versus Michael Gilmore. So these guys are from uh, the Ultimate Fighter this year. Andre Petrosky was the show's favorite, and Michael Gilmore was a late replacement. Um, quick start to the fight from Petrosky. He's a fucking big boy. He looks like a crazy man. <laughs> he's uh, he's a big unit with a big beard. Um, and he just came out through this massive right hand, got straight into a takedown, landed some big strikes from top position before attempting a neck crank. Um, he didn't get the submission in the first, but it was a pretty dominant first round from him. I did watch a lot of tough this year, so I was worried about his gas tank. In one of the fights in the Ultimate Fighter House, he had a really big first round against Brian Battle, and then he gassed in the second, and, and Brian Battle ended up getting the submission. Um, going into the second, there was a few actual good shots from Gilmore to open the round. He's hitting him with heavy leg kicks, some good punches. He kind of had Andre on the back foot slightly, um, Andre was throwing these big kind of round strikes and Gilmore was hitting the kind of straighter shots and pushing pushing it to Petrovsky a little bit. Um, Petrovsky ended up getting a takedown and landed some big damage from the top. Um, going into the third round, you could probably argue that it was 1-1. Andre in the third, though, got the takedown, eventually gets in top position, just started dropping some fucking massive elbows and punches. The ref really didn't have a cho- choice but to stop it. And... Uh, Andre Petrosky got the TKO victory. Kevin Lee versus D-Rod. Dude, fucking Daniel Rodriguez is a bad cunt, man. I was expecting Kevin Lee to be kind of way too technical, but they were kind of pretty evenly matched on the feet in the first round. Kevin Lee had to kind of take it to the ground where he controlled D-Rod a little bit. He was landing a few sneaky elbows um, towards the end of the first round, and, and they were kind of jawing at each other a little bit after the end of the first round. So it was interesting because this was Kevin Lee's first move back up to welterweight in a couple of years. Coming into the second round, though, D-Rod just started kind of controlling the center of the octagon. He stopped an initial takedown from Kevin Lee. Kevin Lee kind of kept working working for the takedown, though, and, and getting his back. He lost that position, though. D-Rod got back up to his feet and was kind of touching Kevin Lee up a little bit. Landing some f- landing some fucking bombs, but some really good kind of leg kicks as well. Kevin Lee ended up eating this massive shot before, before going for a takedown. I kind of had it 1-1 going into the third. 
D-Rod had the straighter strikes and he was kind of beating Kevin to the punch and Kevin was kind of looking like he was throwing these big kind of looping shots. It was just trying to get him out of there. I wish this fight was a five-rounder. There's a few big leg kicks from Kevin Lee. Look, it was it was so impressive from D-Rod coming in. I think he had like a 10 days notice uh, to stick it to Kevin Lee like that and get the unanimous decision. Yeah, it was it was impressive to see. Ricky Tercios versus Brian Heastan. Uh, this is another one of the Ultimate Fighter fights. And um, as you can tell from the Broke Lads bet, I had my money on Ricky Tercio in this fight. He is an energizer bunny. He just doesn't stop. Um, where kind of Brady Heastan's likes to throw throw strikes but then looks to engage and grapple and try to get you to the ground and, and get you out that way. That's how that was pretty much the tale of this fight was Brady's wrestling, trying to get Tercio in bad positions, but Tercio would just kind of hit him with elbows and just, just did not stop striking and trying to get out of those positions. This fight, if you can watch it, this was the fight of the night for me. These guys were just going hammer and tong. I would love to get some stats to see how many th- um, strikes were thrown from these dudes. Yeah, you could have you could have honestly flipped a coin for this one. Ricky Tercio ended up getting the nod at the end of the night, though. Brian Battle versus uh, Gilbert Urbina. So this is another one of the Ultimate Fighter um, finales. So on this card, I probably should have mentioned this, that this is what this card was basically based around, was the Ultimate Fighter finale. So... Brian Battle was last, he was the last pick in this year's house and he ended up going on to winning the whole thing, which was just fucking sick. It started quick, um, big exchange. Urbina was kind of getting the better of Battle, got him got him down to the ground, was peppering him from the top. Brian kind of worked his way back to the top. They exchanged some, exchanged some strikes. Brian Battle got his mouthpiece knocked out with a knee Dude, like early on in the round, and he just didn't care. He just kept fighting like the whole the whole end of the round with uh, with his mouthpiece out, which just goes to show what kind of savage he is. Yeah, the, the, in the second in the second round, uh, Abina went for this kind of kind of like risky spinning elbow, and Brian Battle was able to get him on the ground, hit him with a few good shots before sneaking in a little hook and then cinching up a rear naked choke for the victory. Then we go to the main event, Edson Barboza versus Giga Chikatsi. And this is just a dream fight for any UFC fan. Both guys have fucking outrageous kicks, real quick hands. So this was just going to be, you knew it was going to be a striking exhibition. I kind of would give the edge to Barboza on the ground if it was to kind of ever really go there. Both, <laughs> Jesus. Like every time one hit a really significant kind of strike, whether it was a low kick the other one would kind of come straight back. And it was just a battle and test of whose will would fade first. And eventually Edson Barbosa's will kind of faded a little bit in the third round. Giga just turned up the heat and ended up getting Barbosa out of there with strikes. And afterwards he was saying, like, I want Max Holloway. Um, I don't know if he'll get that fight next, but I think a sick fight would be between him and Zabit Maramed Sharapov. That would be Juicy. Jake Paul versus Tyron Woodley. Um, you know, Tommy Fury and Anthony Taylor started this fight card off. Tommy was the bigger man by what looked like two to three weight classes. Uh, this fight didn't really blow your hair back. You hear the name Fury and you get excited uh, and then you realize 
that this guy is not a world beater, but he's actually a Love Island UK star. So kind of what you expect. Tommy ended up getting the decision on points. So I don't think Anthony Taylor has much boxing experience at all. He was call, uh, Tommy Fury was calling out Jake Paul after the fight. It's settled down, but I don't think that's going to happen. A great fight on this card, though, was Love and Barachek. This was probably one of the better fights of the, on the card, to be honest. Both men were just dangerous, quick hands, landing some massive shots that did significant damage. Towards the end of the fight, though, Love ends this... Love ends the fight with this perfect like left uppercut that drops Barachek uh, towards the end of the round, and then Barachek's corner just called it in between the rounds. Dobwa versus Casamano. So this is the big boys. Uh, this is the heavyweight fight on the card. This is exciting while it lasted. Both boys came out swinging. Uh, Dobwa dropped Casamano three times in the first round, and after the third third time, the ref said, oh, "I've seen enough, boys. Pack it up." Serrano versus Merciado was a good fight. These girls are fucking... The Mexican heart of Merciado was on full display. She's a fucking boss, dude. Um, Serrano was showing why she's a world champion in two weight classes, though, with some massive body shots. Just really controlled the distance and the range. Fought behind a jab quite well. And, yeah, Serrano was just too strong in the end to end up getting the unanimous decision. Which leads us to Jake Paul versus Tyron Woodley. And fucking God damn it, Woodley! God fucking damn it. Oh, man. I said to one of my mates before, this is a win-win for Jake Paul, regardless. If he beats Tyron Woodley, he's beaten a former UFC champion that has all the credentials. And, yeah, like, Woodley's a a little bit older, out of his prime, but Woodley's still a bad motherfucker. And if Jake Paul was to lose, then it's nothing to really hang your hat on. It's like it's your fourth fight and you took on a former world champion of the UFC. Like, you know, it's just a win-win. So you got to give it to Jake Paul. It's kind of really smart the way he markets things and, you know, all the shit talk that was going into this. The opponents that he picks to sell out his arena in his hometown of Cleveland in his fourth boxing match, regardless of what you think of him, is, is, is fucking really impressive. And to beat a former UFC world champion was even more impressive. Tyron actually landed the most significant strike of the whole match, and it would have knocked Jake Paul onto the ground if he didn't fall into the ropes. But what was weird was, like, Tyron didn't really try to pull the trigger too much. Like, he had Jake hurt, he had him tired, but he just kind of kept walking him down. And in the press conference, you heard Woodley say, like, in my last UFC fight, I had Vicente Luque hurt and I went ape shit and went in there and got clipped and got dropped. So I think like in the back of Tyron's mind, he's like, I just can't get knocked out by Jake Paul because I'd never live it down. So he went on the air of caution and he, he you know, he ended up losing in a split decision victory. Um, watching it as much as it hurts, I think that Jake did win. Um, I think that, yeah, to- like, and I say that because I'm a big MMA fan, but I think that Tyron just was a little too hesitant and slow at the bo- blocks and just kind of waiting to see what Jake would do. And I think he felt it out too long. I would have loved if this had another two rounds in it because both guys were kind of exhausted towards the end and it felt like something kind of would have given. But anyway, it wasn't to be. Stockton, motherfucker! Stockton! All right, it's time for the Stockton Slap of the Week. We pick out a shit cunt out there, and we give him a hypothetical slap across the chops. Uh, Honorary shit cunt goes to 
Whoever the fuck makes White Rabbit Red Ale. I was buying a few different beers for the brew review this week and I was like, hmm, a red ale could be good. And red ale generally is good unless it's made from White Rabbit because theirs fucking sucks. It's, it's honestly like they tried to make a red ale and tried to make a sour and failed at both and just poured it in a fucking can. It's it's not good. It's not sour enough to be a sour and it's not red ale enough to be a red ale. I was fucking furious. And now I've just got these cans sitting here. I'm just going to have to fucking, I don't know, go find some fucking cunt with a cardboard sign asking for money outside of Aldi and gift him to the end. <laughs> um, but my real... Stockton slap of the week goes to Richard Pussy, uh, who was released from prison after serving 120 days. Uh, if this name doesn't ring a bell, this is the cunt that filmed four dying police officers after they were hit by a truck on a freeway. For me, kind of regardless of what you think of police officers, they're human, they were doing their job, and I don't think, you know, filming them, watching them die and posting a video... I think he deserved more than 120 days. You Google this guy, you can see he's, he's got a list of just doing fucking disgusting shit. He's a real scumbag. Um, and I think that evidently what it came down to is that his parents don't love him. Because if they did, they never would have called him dick pussy. And that's straight up facts, motherfucker. That's facts! So fuck that cunt. You know, and then he comes out, he's wearing, he's wearing like a towel and... Like what you'd see like the Saudi prince is wearing on his head with a mask that says fake news and then a jumper that says, get me Oprah. Get you Oprah. Get back in jail, you fucking piece of shit. That is pretty appropriate. Oh, yeah. So, the Sesh Hall of Fame. It goes on. Because having a sesh is part of this podcast. When the broke lads bet gets up, best believe the boys are having a sesh. And, you know, if we win big enough, maybe we'll be able to invite one of the Hall of Fame members to have that sesh with us. That's the end goal of this. That's why we do this shit. Uh, The newest inductee was born on the 18th of December, 1964. In Austin, Texas, this man. What what can I say about this man? The first time I saw him, I was only a young fella, just a young little whippersnapper. And I'm fairly certain I'm fairly certain. And I'm fairly certain I said to my said to my siblings, that bloke is a fucking sick cunt. Uh this beer drinking ass kicking son of a bitch can be described in two words. It's Stone Cold, baby! Oh, what a fucking, what a man Stone Cold Steve Austin is. I'll never forget the day my sister told me it was fake. She's like, this isn't real. And it fucking 
broke my heart, dude. I was like, what do you mean? Maybe he does have some questionable beer drinking techniques, but you know what I say? Nothing a saucepan can't fix. So uh, welcome to the Hall of Fame, Stone Cold. You fit the bill and you fit the bill well, sir. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Sunday Service, guys. I really appreciate the support. Um, I've been playing a bit of PS4 online, so uh, if you jump on Instagram and go to underscore Bradley Bishop, um, shoot me your shoot me your PS4 name. We can get on Red Dead or something else and and run a muck. It's keeping me sane during lockdown. If you haven't liked the podcast already on your podcast apps, give us a like and then it'll just automatically download for you every week. Um, Aside from that, go in peace to love and serve the Lord. Be kind to yourself. You're a fucking sick cunt, dude. All right? Don't let anyone tell you you're not a sick cunt. All right? And when you wake up in the morning, I want you to go and look in the mirror and say, I am the fucking sickest cunt on this planet. I'm going to sling some dick today and take some fucking names. All right, cunts. Chill to the next episode. Smoke weed every day.